0: My spiritual hygiene is more important to me than my physical hygiene because I'm going to be producing something out of my life each day with the people I encounter? Do I want to have a spiritual pollution coming out on them where they're hearing my anger or my opinions or my judgments, uh, my separative thoughts about other people or classes of people, or do they want to experience me as one who's really trying to practice love and tolerance for other and keeping my opinions about life to myself?
1: Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. That was a voice that many of you will recognize at the beginning of this episode. That was Mr. Gary K, and you are going to hear so much more from him in just a moment. But first things first, this episode The one you tuned into right now is brought to you by Rebecca, our Kiwi, Rebecca and Jenny. You know what Rebecca and Jenny did? They went to our website, SoberSpeak.com. They clicked on the little yellow PayPal donate tab and they made a contribution. Thank you so much for your generosity, Jenny and Rebecca. This episode is coming right out to both of you. You, I, ladies and gentlemen, will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings, and I am truly honored and privileged to serve all of you listening in. So what do we have going? What is going on in March, you may ask yourself? Well, let me tell you what's going on in March. On March 20th, uh, Friday at 7 p.m., we will have another big shindig. We're going to be having another Sober Speak Live, and Sober Speak Live will feature Sumera S. from the Clean Air North Group here in North Texas, uh, and uh, it will be held at Grace Avenue United Methodist Church in Frisco, Texas. And uh, all of this in- info, should you need to find it, is on our website, It's also in the super secret uh, Facebook group. And um, if by any chance you are listening to this and you happen to be located in the North Texas area, and you would be willing and or able to post a flyer at your group, please send me an email to johnasoverspeak.com and I will send you a, a, what do you call them, a PDF, which you can print out and post in your group or treatment center or wherever you happen to be. This is an open Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and all are welcome to attend. If you are not in the super secret Facebook group and you want to be, please send me your email, uh, the email that is associated with your Facebook group to John, J-O-H-N at SoberSpeak.com. And if you are not following us on the Instagram, please do such. We would love to have you following us. We're at, uh, at SoberSpeak, all one word. All right, let's get right on into Mr. Gary K. Gary K. Uh, is a voice that is familiar to many of you, I know. And this particular episode is called Step 11, Spiritual Hygiene, because spiritual hygiene is a phrase that Gary uses during this particular episode. He'll talk about pages 86 and 87 in the big book, Talks about some of the promises on page 100 of the big book. And Gary goes through his daily routine and what he does to maintain his spiritual hygiene. We will have plenty of listener feedback at the end of this episode. So stay tuned. Uh, But in in the meantime, enjoy Gary. Here you go. Okay, everybody. So today we are sitting here once again with Mr. Gary K. So, Mr. Gary K., why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, and give your sobriety date, if you wish, please.
0: Sure. Hello, everybody. I am an alcoholic. My name's Gary K. I usually give my whole name, but not on here. Uh, I'm really, really, really grateful for a sobriety date and for a new life that started July 25th of 1994.
1: All right. So last time we had Gary, and first of all, Gary's been on many episodes up till now, I I think uh, probably about four or so, something like that. We've covered uh, most all of the steps. Uh, Last time we got together, we started to go uh, through Well, we started with step 10. Uh, we thought we may get through 11, uh, but then we did get to 11, and so now we're going to go for 11, possibly 12. We may have you back at another time. I don't know. We just kind of let the Spirit lead us where we need to be led. All right. With that being said, step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him. So, first thing, one of the first things, at least from me, that comes to my mind is that St. Saint Fra- Saint Francis prayer in the twelve and twelve. Here, a lot of people reference that both mm-hmm. in meetings mm-hmm. and otherwise. But so, so talk to me about your, I guess, experience uh, if you've had any with that St. Francis prayer.
0: Uh, really a great deal. Uh, first, I'll remind folks again that 10 and 11 are not for extra credit i love that they, they are and, are and why
1: do you and i've heard you say that before and you know and it is it's a kind of a tongue-in-cheek sort of a comment but do you and i see this too and i will say that i struggled with it especially during the first several years of my sobriety but what why do you say that what's your experience what do you see out there with 10 and 11
0: uh i say that they're well, now I don't judge. I just report. <laughs> but there's a real power in this in this thing that we do. I mean, it's an amazing power to transform our lives. Uh, I've seen a lot of people come in and just being a part of the fellowship, there's a great deal of power there. And they can find a way to not drink for a period. And their lives get better because they're not drinking but still holding on to a lot of baggage. And then they're the people that are always looking for ways to love themselves or to find fulfillment or they want to do. And I'm I'm not putting this down too much, but a lot of journaling or that kind of stuff. And they're, they're not taking advantage of, of all the power of this program to live our lives forgiven and be transformed people. And to really, Uh, Like it says on page 124, to take that dark past, to put it in God's hands is one of our greatest asset. And with that, we can help others avert misery and death. I mean, that's pretty powerful. So 11 for me early on, uh, I had that. A uh, passage on page 14 and 15 pointed out to me and really ground into me the alcoholic that fails to perfect and enlarge their spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others. And go ahead and you can read, uh, folks out there, that page 14 and 15. And I was told, never not let that be a part of your spiritual uh, life and of your meditative life each day. So in the beginning, I was told to, uh, my sponsor asked me to not read anything other than the big book, to do my meditation out of the big book, and to pray. And I said things to him like, I don't even know if I believe in God. I'm That would make me a hypocrite. And he said, well, you are a hypocrite. Don't worry about that. And <laughs> I'm not asking you to believe in God. I'm asking you to believe in prayer. Prayer is an action. Take the action. Everybody. And,
1: and for those who have not heard the other episodes which you were on, you're talking about not believing in God. Tell them about your background a little bit.
0: Well, my background is I'm an alcoholic. But. Part of what I did for years, I am a seminary graduate and I was a pastor in a mainline denomination church for 14 years. They did kick me out. I would like to let folks know they, they did that and they should have. So, what I discovered through this program is I never had a, any kind of, of faith in God, always had a belief. But never a dependence, like our book talks about twice. We have to come to believe in and depend upon a power greater than ourselves. Well, I never didn't believe, that. I never depended. And what the program has done is to show me a, a pathway or a, a, a gift of a way of living that allows me to have dependence on a power greater than myself, rather than myself. Those are the two options.
1: So I I really like the way that you put that, and, and I've never really thought of it that way before. In other words, the belief wasn't as
0: much of an issue for you. Oh, never.
1: But the dependence upon was the issue.
0: Yeah, and I never depended on God. I always depended. It was self-reliance, like her book talks about. That was my first higher power. And then whiskey became a higher power. And I look back on my experience every time I was going to, quote, try and stop drinking or slow down. Well, I was going to do that. And I came up with plans. And some of those had uh, religious uh connotations to them but i was always in charge of them i never surrendered Mm. to any power other than myself and so jerry just said take the action and in the beginning and and i do this with people now and it hacks off some folks but he said i want you to get on your knees and just pray please said the way you are anything beyond please you'll be lying bargaining begging Just try getting on your knees and saying, good morning, God, please. And at night, get on your knees and say, good night, God, thank you. And within about three weeks, we added to that, good morning, God, please. What may I do for you today? And he got me started of never asking for anything for yourself ask how you can be used and at that time i didn't dream there was any way i could be used but i've I've stuck with that and uh a part of my morning stuff uh i've been doing this for a little over 24 years and i would say there may have been 10 or 15 days that i haven't done it but it's it's just become habit today uh, I get up in the morning, I get on my knees, I'm not even awake half the time. Uh, I have help getting up every morning, I've got a little pup that wants up, so he, he helps me. I'll say, good morning boss, please show me how I can be of use to you today. I'll go turn on the coffee pot, and come back in, and I'll open my book. I read the book I know it I believe I could probably quote the book but I was told to never memorize anything so I'll read starting with the ABCs uh, pages 60 to 63 ending with the third step prayer and I will remind myself that if I have any trouble today it's going to come out of selfishness self-seeking that's going to be the root of all my trouble. And then I'll remind myself, oops, it's not if, it's when you have trouble today, because that's how my life is. Mm -hmm. And it'll come from playing God and trying to be the actor, playing the director, you know, all that stuff. And uh, then I'll go pour my coffee, and I'll read, uh, again, from the book, The 11th Step. Uh, which may take the part starting with Upon Awakening.
1: So you're talking about pages 86 and yep. 87 in the book.
0: And it, I mean, we're talking about three minutes at most. But I want to be reminded of that first prayer help me be divorced from dishonest, self seeking, self pitying motives. That's something I figure if he wrote it in there, that must have been my first emotional and spiritual marriages, and I don't want to go back to the old lovers again, so keep (laughs) me divorced from those things. Uh, Think about my day ahead. Uh, By now in our lives, uh, if you've been trying this stuff for six or nine months, our lives, we pretty much know what we're going to be doing throughout the day. So I can look ahead at some of those things and look at those that have been problematic in the past and say, okay, help me keep your will, your attitude in these things. Uh, There is a line on there that I caution a lot of my folks here in East Texas about because there's a big convergence in a lot of AA of religion, i.e. Christianity and the steps. And I've seen that uh, hurt more people than it's helped early on. Uh, there is a line in that 11th step on page 87 that if we belong to a religious denomination that requires a certain morning meditation, we attend to that also, not in the place of. And that's been important to me.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so let, let's talk about that a little bit uh I wish it weren't controversial, but unfortunately it is. And as you know, in the book it says uh, we are quick to see religious people are right. Um, and I know that there's been a lot of uh, challenges out there with religion, and I don't want this whole thing to turn into a religion sort of talk. Cause, it you won't. Know, yeah. <laughs> but what, how do you counsel people like like you just said there? that uh, do participate in their religions. And uh, and what do you say to people that, that uh, are, are kind of anti-religious, if you will, during meetings? Uh,
0: during meetings, nothing. I give my experience. I don't give my opinions. And I try not to do crosstalk to tell people what they're doing or not doing is correct or incorrect. Uh, individually, uh, what I'll share with them is that you know, I, I've got a guy right now. I love him to death, but he uh, came in, rediscovered his faith. Jesus is going to take care of all this for me. And uh, and he's been real reluctant to move on in the steps. And so I've shared with him a few times, do you really believe that? And he said, yeah. And I said, have you ever tried that before? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, you're really giving Jesus a bad name. <laughs> Uh, I happen to think he's the greatest friend that AA has ever had. If it weren't for people that really love the carpenter, uh, like the early religious leaders that helped AA, we wouldn't be here. And they were doing all of that out of their love and faith in the carpenter. And so there's nothing, we're not opposed to that, but it's take these actions we take these actions. I don't care what your your belief is, but if we are not willing, and I believe the, I know a little bit about the Christian faith from my experience, and it talks not in the same language of inventory, but it gives the same hints. If I'm not willing to go into my life and correct those things that I've done wrong, I'm not going to move forward too well. So I don't think that, AA is in opposition to any religion. If you look at the religious view of AA in the back of the book, one line it says is it'll make, you know, Catholics into better Catholics. And I would presume Baptist into better Baptist and Methodist into better Methodist and Buddhist into better Buddhist, you know, it will improve that, not take away from it. So, uh, but we've got to take the steps. I sponsor people that are, uh, Nothing, so I sponsor some Jewish people, Christian people, one Muslim person. So if I'm going to be working with people in AA, and part of my work is to tell them that you've got to go to church and believe what I believe, I may have just taken away my ability to be helpful to people walking in the door. So what I need to do is share with them the actions I took that brought me to this belief. And if you look on page 50 of your big book in the chapter to the agnostics, it talks about the 42 stories in the back of the book where each person in their own words will tell you how they came to believe in a higher power and whatever that belief is is nobody's business. But there's a very poignant sentence right after that. Each of them will tell you that they gained access to and then came to believe in a higher power. So what we're to be about is to give people access to, and I think for me, that's my experience with the steps, with the big book, with our traditions, with our meetings, encourage them to do their surrender to that, and they're going to be brought into their faith, not into mine.
1: I love it. And thank you for diving into a topic that's a little bit uh, <laughs> uncomfortable for some. I'm sure there was some people listening to this started squirming in their <laughs> chairs, but hey, I got to keep this thing interesting for me too, right? And I won't bring that up with most guests, but uh, thank you for uh, diving into that. All right, just real quickly, we will be continuing our conversation with Mr. Gary Kay in just a moment. Uh, Just a reminder, folks, you are listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the web at SoberSpeak.com. There you will find uh, probably... 100 it's over 100 other episodes uh, which you can listen to for free you can also find the donate button on our website which you can use if and only if the spirit moves you to do such please keep in mind this is a podcast funded by you the listener it's this is a self-supporting organization through our own contributions we are not allied with any sect denomination politics organization or institution or religion we do not wish to engage in any controversy neither endorse nor oppose any causes all right now back to mr gary k when i first started this out i got you off track there but we talked a little bit about that saint francis prayer uh which i you know i love you hear a lot of people reference it a lot of times when the 11th step comes up Do you have any sort of uh, thoughts or experience with that particular prayer?
0: Uh, Both of those. One, uh, if you can look up on some old talks, I believe it's Bill's talk at the International in 1965. He centered his entire talk around the St. Francis prayer. And in essence, one of the things he said is that prayer sums up our program better on one page than I could do in an entire book. Mm. The other thing I heard very early on, pray it until you own it. Pray it until it becomes your prayer. And if that means going through it one line at a time for weeks or even months, that's fine. We're not in a hurry in here and i took that suggestion and began looking at it and doing it until i could own the whole thing keeping in mind that throughout it that idea about being a channel being a channel and i'm very pragmatic in my uh, spiritual life with AA, and, and 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 i don't think anything in the book uh, needs a whole lot of explanation. The black parts mean what they say. I've always been a channel of something. My self-centeredness, my fear, whatever is within me has always been coming out of me into the lives of the other people that I'm around. You know, Bill will say that in the third step of our book when he says, have we not been producers of confusion rather than harmony so i've always been a channel of something and today i recognize that i'm still going to be that only i have to be led to intentionally make the effort to surrender my life to be a channel of god's will and remembering god's will for me is more an attitude the word will means more thinking if you make a will of where you want to leave your stuff to your kids the lawyer takes your thoughts on that day, writes it down, so our will is our thinking. So it's it's make me a channel of what I have experienced God's thinking to be. Bill helps us with that in the tenth step. We better not get too involved in thinking we know everything about God's thinking. Let's just try to concentrate on two love and tolerance for others. If I can stay in that highway, I'm pretty good. I don't need to get so good. I'm doing all the rest, just love and tolerance for others. Uh, So, and I've got to surrender to that each day. When I worked, I wrote to St. Francis prayer down on a three by five card. And part of my 11 step actions is I'm not good for the whole day on a morning prayer time. I need to do a little refresher during the day. And part of my refresher when I worked was when I'd find that fight coming on that the 10th step talks about. You know, that can be an argument with someone at work or just fighting with them about how they're not appreciating me, you know, in my own mind. I'd pull out that St. Francis prayer. Oh, Yeah. I'm here to be of service. I'm here to be understanding. I'm here to be forgiving. I forget that. It, it's not my default. You know, I've got to be led back to it. And so I, that's how I have used it and, and continue to use it. Now, I don't go out to work every day, so I don't carry it with me, but I've, I've got it down pretty good, and I read it pretty often. There's that line
1: in the 11th step. It's on page 87, actually. It says, uh, uh, it's basically talking about how to pray. And it talks about having freedom from self-will. And it says, we may ask for ourselves, however, only if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. I think there is... Uh, There's a lot of people out there who came into the program, uh, what they had done for many, many years was pray for their own selfish ends, pray for, you know, basically their lives to be better. But then they had to look at it a different way according to the program and what we see in the 11-step prayer. Talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I could probably talk three episodes on that and not add to anybody's life. I'll share my experience with it. And again, if you're new, it took me 10 to 11 months of repeatedly trying to take the actions of 10 and 11 before they became, if you would, habitual. Uh, I'm a guy that can... I can create a lifelong bad habit in about three minutes. It takes me 10 or 11 months to create a good habit. (laughs) Uh, And it's kind of sticking with it. You know, repetition confirms and strengthens habit until faith becomes natural. I believe that with my whole heart. The only prayer that I pray for other people or have prayed, and this is just for me, has been our 11th step as it's written on the wall. Uh, I have children. I have friends. I have people I sponsor. I have people that get ill. I have, you know, just like everyone. But I would pray, God, have your will in my son's life. Give my son the knowledge of your will for him. And give my son the power to carry that out. Amen. Now, I don't know if that's ever changed my kid, but it changed me in relation to my kid. Mm. And I can say from the depths of my heart, what more could I want for you or him or anybody but that they might know and find the power to do God's will in their life? And so that's been my prayer, and it makes it very, very simple but not easy. Because there are many times when things are going on in the lives of people that I care about and sometimes in my own life where I've got an outcome that I know is what God ought to do. And so I have to surrender myself to not give God the outcome I think he needs to do because I very seriously have to surrender to the idea that I'm here to do God's guidance and to uh, to do God's business, but not to do God's job. And so I want to stay out of the outcome business, you know, uh, which is tough on me, because it takes me out of the now. The main thing that I would have my prayer do for the comfort and the help of other people is it allows me to be present in the moment. And so, if they're sick and in the hospital, I can be present just to be with them to hold their hand, but not to tell God what to do with them. Uh, You know, I can take food, I can go mow their yard, but I'm not in the business of saying, well, if God loves you, this is going to happen.
1: Right, and you know there are people out there in the world who, and I'm not, you know, everyone's got their, their different way of looking at things. Uh, there are people out there who pray for specific outcomes for illnesses or whatever the case may be. But, uh, I've never f- found great comfort in that. In fact, when I pray for my kids, even, I pray that they may have a deep, intimate relationship with the God of their understanding. And like you said, that they may know God's will for them. Now, I've never had one of my kids in the hospital with a something serious.
0: I have. Uh, have you? you know, the, uh, well, anything, if it's your kid, is serious. Now, if somebody else's kid, it might be minor, You're But right. when it's mine, <laughs> it's serious. You know, before we let this whole session get away from us, the one of the ways that I use 10 and 11 specifically with my folks is that we all know Every one of us knows the value and the need for personal hygiene. You know, it may have taken us months and months for our mother or dad or grandmothers to get us to brush our teeth. But by now, we know. You know, I don't start a day without brushing my teeth. Mm -hmm. I know about personal hygiene. I put on deodorant. I know about personal. If I don't do those things, my life's going to stink because my breath and my odor will be all over the people around me, and that's not going to make for good relationships. (laughs) I've experienced that with both of those at work, I had a toothbrush and some toothpaste. I carry breath mitts because I can't depend on the morning brushing to take care of things. Same way with the deodorant. I kept body spray, you know, stuff like that during the day to stay as fresh as I could. Well, I know about physical hygiene, spiritual hygiene is what we're talking about here. If I don't take the time to experience the habit of the equivalent of brushing my teeth in the morning, which is getting on my knees and checking in with my higher power and asking how I can be of service today. I would no more leave the house not doing that than I would leave the house not brushing my teeth. Because if I don't do that, my life's going to stink. And I'm going to become a channel of my opinions. It can be about politics. It can be about anything. It can be racial. It can be... You know, we've got all kinds of issues that divide us as people. And if I'm not surrendering to my spiritual hygiene, I'll be out there breathing that stuff on all of the people I'm around. And I'm not going to be a channel of God's will if I'm doing that. So I, my experience is my spiritual hygiene is more important to me than my physical hygiene. Because I'm going to be producing something out of my life each day with the people I encounter? Do I want to have a spiritual pollution coming out on them where they're hearing my anger or my opinions or my judgments, uh, my separative thoughts about other people or classes of people, or do they want to experience me as one who's really trying to practice love and tolerance for other and keeping my opinions about life to myself? just like spiritual i mean physical hygiene I go to the dentist every six months get my teeth cleaned well every four or five months with my sponsor we'll set out and do a, a a deeper inventory and kind of clean things out other than just the daily tenth step when I go to the dentist usually it's just a tooth cleaning sometimes he finds a cavity when I go to my sponsor, it's usually just a good cleaning. Sometime we find a spiritual cavity that requires me to look a little deeper into some amends I might need to make. Same thing with the physical stuff. Most mornings and evenings, I just take a quick shower. Every once in a while, I'll fill that tub up as hot as I can get it. I'll light a candle. I'll get some stuff, and I'll soak real good, and I'll... Take that lava stuff and really rub off the skin on my heels and other things, and you know I'll go in for a little deeper cleaning. Well, that's the same thing with ten and eleven. I'm going to do them every day to try to keep my life uh, open and clean and up to at least a C plus. But I'm going to every once in a while I'll have to go in for a deeper cleaning, and I don't want to do that every day because our book says. Any person or any business that doesn't do a regular inventory is going to go broke. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to tell our listeners, if you're new, any business that stays closed all the time to do inventory, it's going to go broke too. We have to really come to believe in that greatest promise in the book for me on page 100. And it means I've really got to trust this path of the 12 steps and that promise says each day is the day you and the new man or new woman need to walk the path of spiritual progress if you persist remarkable things will happen we find the things which come to us when we put ourselves in god's hands were far greater than any we could have imagined follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances and that's not just talking about the circumstances of the day you get sober that's about today so i've got to trust that this thing is about sharing this program with others trying to follow the dictates of a higher power which for an alcoholic an AA is steps four through 12, four through 12, four through 12. I got to trust it, because like it says in the chapter to the agnostics, God either is or he isn't. What's your choice to be? And the only way I know how to trust God is called try to do these things. And the last word, if we've got a second, Bill makes some really, definite statements in our books and there's one that he makes in the 11th step in the 12 and 12 I'm not going to tell you the page I'm going to ask you to go find it but think how powerful a statement this is in times of deepest trouble we have the greatest answer there is of all that's pretty powerful that being the search for God's will in our life. Not the finding, not the knowing, just the greatest answer there is of all. That's pretty powerful. And I found that to be my experience. And I couldn't do that without a sponsor, without a home group, without some knee pads, and without staying on this simple path that's laid out for each of us. Thank you.
1: Love it. Without knee pads. <laughs> what are you
0: expecting that one? <laughs> well, I got bony knees. <laughs> I have started using a pillow over the air. You know? <laughs>
1: All right, Gary Kay. Thank you so much. All right. You bet. We're gonna do page one hundred sixty-four here. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us, such as me and Gary, as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Once again, Mr. Gary, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Gary Kay, for your insights on Step 11. As always, it was an absolute pleasure spending time with you. I sure do. Appreciated, and uh, if you were listening to this and that uh, touched you, or you found that informational, or you found it, that was something that touched your heart, or you just think there's somebody else that needs to hear that, if you could pause your device and share that episode with somebody else, or any of the other episodes with somebody else, we would most appreciate it. All right, now on to a little bit of a sober speak feedback. Keely posted. In the Facebook group, she said, I started listening to Sober Speak a few months ago. I've been sober since June of 2015. This weekend, my fiance relapsed on what was supposed to be our wedding day. He could not function. So I made the hard decision to cancel the wedding two hours before it was to start. He is still drinking today. I ask for prayers for all of us, especially him. I have two children who miss their stepdad, so they could use some prayers as well. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I know I haven't had a drink and I don't desire to drink or use today. I listened to Joe S. live at the Tri-City episode last night, and that helped me with this so much. Relapse is so ugly. I have been through it too, uh, too, uh, for a few years of sobriety. God willing, we will all get through this to the other side, Keeley. Keeley, my heart goes out to you. Um, per your request, uh, I did put in some prayers for you and your fiancé and your kids and uh, if anybody is listening out there and they can spare a moment to send out some love to Keeley, that would be real helpful as well. And I want to let you know, in the, su- in, the, the su- in the super secret Facebook group, Keeley got oh, just tons of feedback, right? Um, people saying that they'd had some of the same experience, um, other people just wanting to be there for her to uh, listen to. Um, others were, um, you know, given some suggestions and solutions, but, uh, you know, that's all we can do is support each other. And as you know, Keely, none of us know where that's going to turn out. Um, but I do pray for God's will for you and your family and your fiance. Dawn posted in the Facebook group, Dawn, she says, I've listened a lot to a lot of the Sober Speak podcast during my travels recently, and each of them has inspired me as I thought about the day. I would be asked to give my, uh, as I thought about the day that I would be asked to give my first lead. In other words, she was going to share at a meeting that day. That day came three weeks ago, and today it came to fruition. I had four little note cards to pres- to prevent myself from rambling as I was driving to the meeting, I just kept hearing John M's voice in my head. Oh no, I'm so sorry, Don. <laughs> she says I got through my very first lead without throwing up or fainting. <laughs> And I owe a great deal of that success to this to this group. She's talking about the Facebook group and the wonderful men and women who came before me to share their experience, strength, and hope. Big O heart. Well, I'm glad you got through that and I'm glad you did not throw up or faint, Don. And I'm glad that we all can be there for you and I'm glad we all can be there for each other. Dwayne writes in, and the title of this one is Small World. It's a small world after all. I think I have that song, right? Anyway, hey, John, love the podcast. So I would love to get an invitation to the secret Facebook group. My Facebook email is such and such, and we got him in there. In the small world depart- department, And it's a small world after all. Now see, some of you are going to be singing that at work all day and it's just going to drive you crazy and you think, why did he have to do that? I really wish he hadn't done that. Anyway, in the small world department, I was at my weekly home group meeting, the Keystone Group in Richmond, Virginia. So if anybody's listening out there from the Keystone Group in Richmond, Virginia, Uh tell Dwayne we said hello, okay? Anyway, this past Sunday and I heard a speaker from Raleigh, North Carolina, and I really enjoyed and I really enjoyed them. Their name's Randy. At some point in his message, he shared that he and his writing companion were listening to a speaker meeting on the way to Keystone that night. Imagine my surprise today when I was catching up on Sober Speak and heard several quotes from Joseph S. live at the Tri-City meeting uh, episode that I had remembered just from yesterday. Our speaker even ended with the same great line that Joe did. Hey, you know what? We all steal stuff from each other other, right? I think that's fantastic. I'm glad he was able to utilize that. Anyway, Dwayne says, thanks so much for the meeting between meetings. I am fast approaching... Ninety days in sobriety, and your podcast is a bomb for the soul. Oh, I, I, I like that. A little. Hey, what's that other word? Solve a uh, uh, a salve? S a l v e? I think so. Anyway, a bomb for the soul. B a l m, not b o m b. For those of you who may be wondering out there, but not anyway. When I am driving around town and making meetings, hope to meet you on the happy highway someday. Well, I hope to meet you on the happy highway someday when we're trudging that road together, Mr. Dwayne M. Thank you so much for your comments. Thank you for writing in. Chris P. writes in. and He says, Hey, He didn't say, hey, that I added that. So I want to, so don't, don't, don't do that, John M. Why do you add words to what they're saying? You don't need to do that. I'm sorry. I'm having this conversation with myself right now. Chris P writes in and he says, I have been listening to the podcast for a couple of weeks now, and I am really enjoying the fact that I am gaining insight into myself and into the global fellowship. And I am so honored to be part of it. I will be 18 months sober on February 20th, 2020. Well, by the time we have released this episode, Mr. Chris P., you will be 18 months sober. And I have been a very active member of my home group in a small town in southwestern Ontario that is fortunate enough to have three meetings per week. So you are a Canadian. I just absolutely love that, that you are a Canadian. I don't know why, but I do. I like Can- I've like i been up to Canada many times, and I've had great experiences there. Whenever I would walk into the meetings up there, they would all go, hey, there's Texas. Well, they didn't talk like that. They'd say, hey, or I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it with my Canadian accent. Hey, Ozer. Hey, Ozer. There's Texas. But anyway, something like that. When I came into AA, it was because I was truly beaten by the the disease of alcoholism and i had surrendered to the fact that i'm in, that i in no way was able to control my drinking and in working the steps connecting with others and living a whole new life i am finding myself wildly and gratefully experiencing an emotional sobriety that that even when i was not actively drinking i in no way had the ability to tap into The podcast has given me, uh, the podcast has me going to more meetings, okay, finding new ways that I can be of service and focusing almost exclusively on getting out of self and giving away what was so freely given to me. Cheers, Chris P., also known as Crispy. I get it. Wait a second. Okay, P. They call him Crispy with a K, K-R-I-S-P-Y. I'm assuming that's the, I'm assuming that's why they call him that. That must be the connection there. Well, thank you, Crispy, for writing in and tell everybody up in Canada we said hello. Just go like door to door, okay? Just the whole country. Just tell them we said Hello, hoser. All right. Uh, Gary K. Yes, the one that you actually just got through listening to right here. He actually posted in the Facebook group uh, regarding somebody named Cammie who had written in and she was requesting help on step nine. And uh, he said two things that really helped me were to sit with my sponsor within a couple of days after doing my fifth step and together we made a direct amends list. Then under his fairly specific guiding, I made them one by one repaying money with money. Most were 10 and $20 money order checks, money orders, and many took years and years to pay off. I did get them all paid off, and I was free of them within months starting to, and within months I was starting to pay. And you repay love with love. I got to experience that telling someone I was wrong did not mean As I used to think it did, that they were right. I just claimed my side of the street. He also gave me this thought, and he made it all so meaningful excuse me, I lost my place, Uh, and helpful, and I think spiritual. He asked me if I really wanted to make things right with my daughter, and I was willing to go to any lengths to do that. I did, and I was. Then he told me, if you love your daughter and want to get right with her, you have to get right with the people she loves. Hey, that's a very good point, Gary. Her mother, her brother, her grandparents, her aunts, her uncle's something to soak in there. I like that. I could not get right with her and remain in judgment and or unamended with the people she loved. I was told to make the direct amends and then to start attempting to practice these principles in all my affairs with my daughters. Uh, and these other folks, with my daughter and these other folks. I meant change, it meant changing my vocabulary and how I talked to them with my daughter and away from my daughter. After almost 17 years, my financial amends were completed And it was only after eight or nine years and all these relationships were healed to the point that there was simply no residue of the past in any of my current relationships with my kids. So what I'm getting out of that, and there's more, by the way, is that sometimes it just takes a while. You just keep doing the right thing. It's not going to happen overnight. Anyway, he goes on, the actual face-to-face amends were not uh, comfortable, did not flow smoothly. Often, I d- it did not leave me with feelings that I hoped for. However, God takes our actions and more seriously than we do, at least more seriously than I do. And today, that arch which we are building and which we can walk any place to be free people, free from the burden of the, uh, of self, free from the guilt or the anger, free from the past, has been built. And as a direct result, of the grace of God through these steps today, I live and walk forgiven. Even when some of these folks have not forgiven me, there is power in this program. And when we surrender to it, as outlined in a simple way in our book, and if we persist in just attempting to practice these principles in all our affairs, God bless, and I hope she finds, he's talking about, uh, uh, was her name Cammy there? Uh, he's. Uh, I hope she finds um, freedom through living this program. Thank you, Gary Kay. Thank you, Gary, for uh, posting that. We sure do appreciate it. A.C. writes in. I love that name, A.C. Now, I wonder if you were to marry somebody named like uh, Ducey, you'd be A.C. and Ducey. Mm, that'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Anyway, AC writes in. She says, I love this podcast. Well, AC, we love you as well. She says, hey, John, my name is AC. Yeah, I know we've already been over that. At least I have. I'm 30 years old and I live in a little tiny town near uh, town west of Boise, Idaho. I came into the rooms on December 5th of 2016. I am currently on my way through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous for the second time. I am sponsoring two women who are actively working the steps as well. Anyway, I found your podcast on Spotify. I was surprised by how many, quote, recovery-based, unquote, podcasts there are, and I had to sift through before I found one that brings the solution and the message out of the big book Thank thank you well you're quite welcome um, I, and i say thank you to the big book for carrying the message to me and all the people that have come before me but nonetheless this meeting between meetings has been a game changer for me uh, in staying out of self and in the fellowship i briefly thought quote how awesome would it be to have something like this local i should start it unquote then after minimal research <laughs> I know where this is going. I realized how much time and resources you have to put into this launch. Ironically, you were in my ear talking about how much goes into starting a podcast. And I really do appreciate your dedication to this podcast and to the fellowship, John. Thank you, AC. Well, AC and all the deuces there in uh, Idaho, <laughs> I do appreciate you writing in. And, uh, you know, a- as we all say, this is not just me right i am trying to pass on what was so freely given to me sorry got a little choked up there you know i think about many times how my life could be so much different squire Writes in, and I have to make an an apology here uh, because uh, I did not get Squire's name correct on last week's episode. I didn't know. Well, here's the deal. You know, I didn't know if Squire was like a title. There was some. There was an, There was another lady writing in, and it was her fiance. And this this gentleman name, uh, and it was Cambry Cambry L. Writing in. and and, and Squire, she said, "I'm with my fiance Squire," and then there was some other words past it, and I was just kind. Of reading it as I was going along, and I thought, Squire, isn't that like a uh, like a title? You know, like I think there were pages and squires back in the Middle Ages, and they they'd either battle the lords or battle for the lords and all that sort of stuff. So I was just all thrown off. I thought, wow. Cambria is dating a squire. I didn't even know they still had those around. I thought you had to go to that uh, Middle Eastern, Middle uh, Medieval uh, restaurant, Medieval Times or whatever to see those kind of people. Anyway, I completely, and I mean completely digress. Squire writes in and he says, John. I just wanted to drop you a quick note and say thank you for your podcast. Today is day 29, well good for you Squire, of sobriety for me and I listen to your podcast every day. I've tried others but you always have the best speakers on and you know what? I really appreciate you saying that. And I know that people for the most part are not, and I mean, not tuning in to listen to my gibberish talking about squires and pages and all that kind of stuff. And I, I completely get that. Um, they're, 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 they're coming because I, I, I you know, I know some people that are so, so, uh, you know, spiritual giants and they have great stories and they have good lessons and they bring great messages and that's what I wanted this to be a platform for people like that to talk to people like you Squire and Cambry and everybody else that is listening in but nonetheless um, thank you so much for that I appreciate it she's uh, and he says uh, I love the variety of content and the depth of conversation you do an amazing job as hosts love it well thank you Squire I appreciate it for the most part I, I to to get out of the way. Anyway, it says, um, I have listened to almost half of all the episodes at this point. One of the speakers that has really stood out to me is Bill C. His spirit, how he talks, what he says, his perspectives is just so resonates with me and my background. I've always listened to episode I've listened to his episodes countless times. One more thing, I really love that he talks about Alan Watts. I've studied Alan Watts since I first discovered him 20 years ago. Bringing Alan Watts, bringing AW to AA was very powerful for me. My mom also teaches non-dualism and he seems to have a generous grasp of that. With gratitude, Squire P.S., my fiance also reached out to you, Cambry. Yes, I'm very familiar with Cambry. I remember that. She got me added to the super secret Facebook group. And uh, so thank you as well. You can look me up if you want. And he gives his last name. I'm not going to talk about that. But thank you, Mr. Squire. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad you gotten that, that. Facebook group. By the way, if you are in the secret Facebook group and you want to ask other people to come in the, the group, you can do that, right? I, I trust you that they'll enjoy being there, that they think it's appropriate. I did have one guy. He sent me a... Uh, uh, he, he invited two of his chums accidentally. And then, uh, uh, then he emailed me and said, Hey, you know, they're not supposed to be in there. You know, can you eliminate? I said, well, I don't want to eliminate them. They can just take themselves out. He goes, believe me, they'll be just fine. You know, they, they weren't, uh, they had no association to addiction or alcoholism or whatever. So, so be careful about who you invite in there, right? Don't make any uh, mistakes. Not that I care, uh, but I want other people that are in the uh, in the group to feel uh, comfortable and safe. Jeff writes in from Australia. Hi, huh John. My name is Jeff from Sydney, Australia. And I just want you, I, I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. I often listen on my way to work and back from work, or when I go for walks or in the gym, they are great. Like so many people, I enjoyed listening to Brenda J. I get it. And Jimmy D. I get it because of the honesty of their stories and they are so touching. And also I'll say Mumbai Mike and Samara episode 8 were great well Mumbai Mike is the first episode I ever recorded you were going way back in the episode in the uh, in the archives I had no I mean literally I had no idea what I was doing. I grabbed Mumbai Mike out of a meeting and I said, hey man, I'm trying something out. Do you mind coming over to my house? And he came on over. We recorded him. I published. Uh, you know, he has a great story. I just wish I could have made the, the sound quality a little better and all of these other things. But nonetheless, uh, that is great to hear. And Samara, who you just mentioned there, is the one, the one and only Samara from episode eight that is going to be at our Sober Speak live event on March 20th and And anyway, he goes on He says, thanks for your service. Very much appreciated. Kind regards, Jeff. Elle writes in, I think I got that right, E-L-L-E. She says, I truly appreciate this podcast. It has been a strong and powerful element in my sober journey. Well, thank you, Elle. Um, I listen to it in the mornings often, and it helps me reconnect with my higher power in a way that's hard to even put into words. Oh, man. That makes my day L. Thank you so much. But I know it has helped me to stay strong in my sobriety. 329 days. Thank you, she writes. Well, that is fantastic. Um, 329 days. Um, uh, we're all proud of you. And uh, one day at a time, you're getting close to that 365. But just one day at a time I know how it goes. All right, Ellie writes in, not L but Ellie. She says, "Hi John, please add me to the secret Facebook group. This is my uh, email address." She says, "Thank you for your service. Your podcast is a crucial part of my recovery journey." Ellie from Baltimore, Maryland. Well, Ellie from Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your journey. Barry writes in, from London, oh, this is Barry, I know, I love Barry, I've just, I just, uh, he's just a great guy, anyway, as you could tell, he's written in several times before we even had a face-to-face meeting at one, I say face-to-face, technically, we, we, uh, anyway, we we got together on like a, a Zoom meeting or something like that, anyway, he says, Greetings from London, John. Six months sober and still listening to Sober Speak every Friday. Best wishes to you and your family. Kind regards, Barry. Barry, I am so glad you got six months sober. Uh, I don't want to tell your story, but I'll pro- you probably won't mind me saying this. He was uh, yeah, struggling a little bit for a while, and it's good to know you are on the right path. Jason Mr. Jason writes and you know, I'm, so I'm going through all this feedback here and, you know, I I listened to other shows and, uh, th- okay, let me put it this way. This podcast would be so much easier for me if you guys never wrote in, if we never communicated, right? It would be easier, but I would hardly get anything out of it. That's what makes it is this community and us and all of us coming together and and helping each other out. And and I just can't believe, I I swear, I go through weeks and I still do this. I still do this. I will think to myself, I bet that's the last piece of uh, listener feedback I'm ever going to get. It just seems like it's drying up. And then it just kind of comes, you know, I, I just get bowled over with it. And, and I am so thankful for you guys. You give me meaning. You give me purpose. You give me life. We're all in this together. I knew when I first got sober, if there was nothing else I could do in this world, I could share experience, strength, and hope, either one-on-one or at group level with a group of people. And I'm so glad that you guys come along with this ride, uh, on this ride with me. Anyway, Getting back to the uh, 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 feedback here, Jason writes and he says, Dear John M, if po- uh, I love that Dear John, Dear John M, uh, I have gotten plenty of Dear John letters in my life. Nonetheless, Dear John M, if possible, I would like to be added to the uh, secret Sober Speak Facebook page, my email address is such and such. I really want you to know that I love listening to your podcast. I have found them extremely inspirational and entertaining. I have been making sure to spread the word Of the Sober Speak podcast, thank you so much for doing this! Exclamation point! May God bless you and yours, Jason M in Oregon. Well, Jason M in Oregon, God bless you and yours as well. And thank you for writing in. Sachin writes in. I hope I have that name right. uh, S a c h i n. He writes in on Instagram. He says, "Hi, John." I just wanted to say thank you for your podcast. I stumbled across it today, and while I am not a member of AA, I have grown up with a father who is in the program and who has been sober for 14 years. It was extremely helpful for me to listen to Joseph Scherer. That's the third time Joseph Shear has been mentioned in a listener feedback today. Anyway, uh, it, uh, it was extremely helpful to me to listen to Joseph Shear on my way to work this morning in South Africa as it was just what I needed to let me know that my own struggles, whether they be with alcohol or in my personal life, are simply an acknowledgement and 11 more steps away from becoming manageable, while also reminding me that it only works if I work it. Thank you so much. Please, and please keep the experience, strength, and hope coming Ah oh, Sasha, you know, I don't know what it is. For whatever reason, I'm just a little verklempt today. Uh, you know, that, you know, you're not even an AA. And you're listening to this stuff. I never, never, when I first started this thing, pictured people driving down the road in South Africa and <laughs> benefiting From the experience, strength, and hope of all the guests that we bring in here. And I'm really grateful for you, Sasha. I'm grateful for all the listeners. In a day at a time, we could do this. We could do this all together. Matt DMs me. That's a direct message for you uncool people. He's on Instagram and he says, John, I am so grateful for the content you put out really helps me feel connected to the program. I'm so sorry, folks. <laughs> now I got to figure out whether I'm going to go back and edit this out or not. Anyway, what? ah, when I can't get to, uh, making me feel connected to the program when I can't get to meetings due to the work schedule. Love Gary K. Well, you're going to love the episode you listen to Jimmy D. I love Jimmy D also. And David G. David G is going to be at our sober speak live event on June 5th. And then he says, I have pointed a number of people in your direction. Check out The Sober Pod. It's great content from three friends that I know in Northern Virginia. Well, I'll have to go do that. Thank you very much. You know, there's a lot of good information out there. Finally, finally for you guys, (laughs) get my blubbering self off the mic here. Patrick writes in on the Instagram as well. He DM'd me and he says, thank you for the great podcast john i discovered you last week and have enjoyed listening at the start of my day all the best to you and please keep up the good work and little what do you call these namaste praying hands there i guess is what you call it all right folks that is another week wraps it up and i believe that is probably the longest listener feedback we've ever had and um I you, you guys let me know. Do you like to hear all this? I you know, I love it. I I, I think uh, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a wonderful thing. Um but uh I don't know. Write me John at J O H N Soberspeak.com and let me know what you think. Blessings to you. God bless you. I take this a week at a time. I will most likely be back next week. Uh, I say that every week. I never really know for sure. Once again, this is an avocation, not a vocation for me, and I have to balance this with several other things. But so far, as you could tell, I've been pretty obsessive compulsive about it. I don't think I've missed a long time. So anyway, God bless you. Love you guys. Have a good week.